21. Uh, thank you. I didn't know Brother Raul was going to do that. I could be mad at him, should be mad at him, but I guess I won't be mad at him. And uh, uh, I have to say I love you tonight, and I know you love me. I don't know why you love me, but I know you love me. And uh, and I, boy, I was extremely emotional this morning, and uh, I almost feel like I need to apologize for that, but I won't apologize for it. But uh, uh, okay, I want, I, I, I want to apologize. I'm not apologizing, so there. <laughs> I thought I had it all out of my system, and then Diane had to give her testimony, and it's like, oh, it's starting me all over again. And, uh, and I don't get nervous now. I got an hour message, but here's the good news. I didn't know, Brother, I was supposed to be on 20 minutes ago. I said, well, I'll get my hour message on in about 40 minutes. Uh, I got a full outline here. It's like, I, I, no, no, I'm going to tell you, it's 19 of, it's 20 minutes. I want to be done by, this is a secret little, I, just, I didn't tell anybody. I want to be done by 6 o'clock because it's the last night of uh, 5 p.m. services. We've got a beautiful day out there, beautiful night. It gets dark early now, and uh, you, I don't want to penalize you people for coming to church again the second time here, of course, and so forth. But I, and I, I got a lot I wanted to say, but I'm going to have to streamline. I had about a 10-minute introduction, and I forget that outline, or forget that introduction. Let's just go right to this. And I'm going to have to remain seated. You know the story so well. John 21, verses 1 to 3, for time's sake. Let me read them rather quickly. Just follow along, please. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. That's the Sea of Galilee, of course. And on this wise showed he himself. Oh, I just have to interject there. Brother Pinto, I can hear his singing on the Sea of Galilee, out on the ship there. We, 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 we got to go out on the ship. What did you sing? The ship Ahoy? I can't remember what you sang. But... Uh, and uh, we were out in the Sea of Galilee, and we heard Brother Raul sing to 40 of us on a, sh- on a ship in the Sea of Tiberias. It was a uh, wonderful memory, that trip was. And uh, verse number two, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. I would say that, verse two, that there were some pretty famous, some pretty great Christians would you say in that verse number two? Would you say that Peter was a great Christian? Uh, you know, if Peter isn't a great Christian, there's not much hope for you and I. And you think of Peter and all the things that he did, and of course this story here, we get to verse three and it's our text. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they say to him, we, all, we, we also go with thee, they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. I don't need to develop, because uh, I'm talking to an educated crowd here, but I wanted to develop the, the awesomeness of that verse. They went fishing. Could I submit to you tonight across America that there are millions, tens of millions of Christians that have gone fishing? Some are literally fishing, <laughs> Maybe 100,000 out there in the lakes and oceans right now fishing, Christians. Nothing wrong with fishing. Peter was a fisherman. But they just witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They just had to breathe down the Holy Spirit of God upon them in the previous chapter. They saw his nail-scarred hands and his feet. They just witnessed the greatest miracle in the history of all of, uh, all of the universe, for that matter. They saw Jesus raise the widow's son in name. They saw Jesus raise Jairus' son. They saw Jesus raise Lazarus, but he, then he raises himself. And they saw it all. 
they got the Holy Spirit and they got hand chosen to be picked. And Peter says, I go fishing. I don't want to be negative tonight. I got a whole outline. I got nine points here and there's just no way in... I could get through this and any doing any real real justice, I suppose. But I I submit to you, John chapter twenty verse nineteen to thirty one. I wanted to read all the verses, but we're not going to. Just glance at the chapter. You know, when Jesus week or the the day of resurrection night, of course Sunday night he comes and visits, and Thomas is not there. You know the story so well. And they're in this service, and they get the spirit of God breathed on them and God, God the Son gives them the, the, receiving the Holy Ghost and it's amazing to me how fast we can go from an incredibly inspiring church service they, they were in the church services all church services they came Sunday night and Jesus showed up think about that you know I've tried that for many years it doesn't work but I said you know I tried to get people hey come to Sunday night service you never know when Jesus might show up I don't want to be sacrilegious or blasphemous in any way, not even close to that, but what if our next week's special speaker was Jesus Christ? What if somehow we could call him down from heaven and say, Jesus Christ is going to be, now first of all, 99.9999% of people wouldn't believe us anyhow. Would people come to hear Jesus? How many came to hear him in his earthly ministry? and he, he died almost alone with, with a handful of women and one, John the, the, the apostle, of course, is there. But why did Peter say I go fishing? I mean, we're only left to conjecture and so forth, but it's amazing to me how incredibly we, we can be inspired one moment and the next moment say, oh, let's go fishing. And the Christians across America uh, here, here's, the, here's the issue. Here, let me get to the, the first punchline, if you will. We must stay close to the Lord out of duty, not out of emotion. It's wonderful to serve the Lord. I, I love inspiring services. I love great music. That song, uh, The Wonder of It All, I love that song. I love what oh, Daniel Neal sang that song last Sunday morning, uh, I Can Go In. I, it's a brand new song for me. What a great song that was. That spoke to my heart. The choir did a great job. They did a great job this morning, but they did a great job last Sunday, of course. And, and uh, music inspires. But music pulls on the heartstrings and emotions. Nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand me. But we've got to serve God when there's no song. We've got to serve God when it's, it's hard to serve God. We serve him out of duty, not out of emotion, not an emotional love. Peter, Peter was a highly strung guy. He was an emotional guy. He said, when Jesus said... Uh, this night you all shall betray me. Peter said, I'll never leave you. Well, we know the rest of that story, don't we? You can't serve God out of emotion. Now, nothing wrong with emotion. Emotion's good. I like emotion. And man, I was emotional this morning. And Diane, you did it to me again tonight. And emotions are good, but you can only live on emotions so long. Emotions will tire you out, by the way. And... uh I think of some other thoughts about that, that phrase, I go fishing, that is the crux of the message tonight. It's, Peter said, I go fishing. I think of what pathetic trade-offs that people will invest their time. I mean, here he was walking with the Lord. He was, he was, he was infused with the Holy Spirit of God. 
He was called, handpicked by Jesus out of all the people in the world, all the men in the world to be handpicked, chosen by Jesus, 11. And yet he said, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to Sea of Galilee and go fish. The time, the effort, the energy, and the money that people uh, put into replacing their service for uh, service to God for in, in their life. Uh, I had to do this quickly. His name is Dave. Sonny's the only one that knows who I'm talking about. I was through Ohio here a couple weeks, you know, last week and week and a half ago, and I always think of my childhood people I grew up with. I've told you a story about Dave. Dave was engaged to my sister, for the record, and Dave, you say, who was Dave? He was, a, he was a, the high school, the senior class president. He was Mr. Everybody Wanted to Be Him, Mr. Funny, Mr. Uh, uh, Sports, Mr. Larry Bird, Mr. I mean, on the basketball court, he was, he was everything everybody wanted to be. He's a good-looking guy, the funny guy, the athlete, the, all, all the rest. Had the brand-new Mustang as a senior in high school. Had, uh, had it all. And Dave got gloriously saved. And he left everything. He left the, the worldly vices. I could spend the rest of the time just telling you about Dave Rice. And he went to Maranatha with me. We went together. He, I, went, I had my 10-speed bicycle. He had his brand-new Mustang. <laughs> I had one suit and a couple. Uh, he had 10 suits. He lasted a week. He went home. He, he used to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, visitation, tithed, had a great job thanks to his dad and so forth and so on. And, and uh, ladies, man, everybody, all the ladies liked him, of course, and, and all the guys envied him and so forth. And one day Dave, went, Dave Rice went from going to church every day, every day of his life to not going to church at all. I go through Ohio. I can't help but think of Dave. I know he lives on 46 outside of Jefferson. I'm really tattling. And I've lost track of him. I hadn't talked to him in 20, 25 years. Kids have come along. Two wives have come along. He's now got kids. I'm sure he has some grandkids and so forth. I talk about some people that know. and He's a wreck. His family's a wreck. One day he said, he went from I'm serving God to I go fishing. It's amazing how far you can get away from God when you say, and I, I think of some people today and I, I uh, oh, a guy pops in my head by the first name of Mark and no you don't know him when we first moved to Connecticut here I met him in the factory the first night I worked there and met Mark and he went to one of our churches I went into the church most of you know the church served God and fervently and he was on fire for the Lord and one day he said I go fishing he's been fishing for 40 years he's been doing his thing and now I've lost track of him well, don't mean to be negative tonight here, but John 20, verses, well, I've already referenced it. John chapter 20, verses 21, 22, just glance at it. Here. Jesus said, he breathed on in the Holy Ghost. It's amazing how people can have the Holy Ghost. And every child of God, we are, we are indwelled by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 5, 18, we're, we're, we have that, and be not drunk with wine, we are in success, but be filled with the Spirit. He means filled with the Spirit one day and say, I go fishing. It's amazing what you can just, just abandon God. It's just, it's just astounding how far people can get away from, from God in just a short period of time. John 21, verse 2, our text verse, Peter says, 
They were together, Peter and Thomas, called Didymus. I won't read the list, list again, verse 3. Then Peter's one that spoke up and said, I go fishing. It's amazing to me how one wayward decision can affect so many others around you. Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm going fishing. Now think of it. They were in Jerusalem. We traveled that land. We traveled by motor coach. And Brother Pinto knows this. And it's 90 miles, as the crow flies, as they call it, from Jerusalem to the Sea of Galilee. He said, I go fishing. That man, uh, how, how long would it take you to walk three mi- uh, 90 miles? Had to be a three or four day journey probably, at least. This was no just a, hey, on a whim, let's go do this. No, this was planned out. This was thought out. And uh, it was, uh, and it was carried through and, and it affected so many others. It affected seven others, six others that went. I wanted to preach. I got my, my notes here. I'll just soundbite it for time's sake. Oh, us fathers, us grandfathers, oh, what the weight did we carry? We got to lead our family. We got to be an example to our family. We get out of church, they get out of church. We quit serving God, they quit serving God. And I suppose it's been an emotional day all day today, so I might as well finish it up here, and I, I'm, I'm okay. But uh, it's one of the heartbreaks of being a pastor for many years. I have case evidence in my, or people in my heart and mind that comes to my mind. People that I pastored. I got a letter. I got a letter this week, last week rather. This just popped in my head. Just to give you an example. I got a letter from a Roman Catholic priest. Real nice letter. He grew up in our church. He wanted to thank me, and it was a very sincere letter, on the email. I gave him a teddy bear thirty some years ago when he was a boy. I would, only my wife would know who I'm talking about. And he wanted to thank me for the faith that I helped instill in his life. He's a Roman Catholic priest today. As far as I know, he's, I got I to respond to him. I got to respond to him in some way and just say thank you for the nice email and so forth. But I, last time I checked, the Roman Catholic faith is usually a faith of, of works, not of grace. And He's probably trying to earn his salvation by sacraments. Broke my heart. And this just popped in my head. But I think of all the, I got numbers of people into the hundreds in 34 years of the memory bank of people that somebody in their life said, a leader in their life said, well, let me just be blunt here. The, he, I guess Linda might know who I'm talking about maybe, but the father got mad at me, and maybe he was rightfully justified in getting mad at me as a young, dumb, 27, 28-year-old preacher. I don't know if I've said something wrong or whatever, but they left the church. They've never, never been back. Now their son's a Roman Catholic priest. Uh, pardon me, I don't mean to bum you out. But the decisions that we make, I go fishing, or in this case, I'm leaving the church for whatever reason, and 30 years goes by. And what happens? No man liveth or dieth unto himself, the Bible tells us. Ten spies went into the promised land. We know the story. And two to three million die. 
because of the decisions that they made. We would be not able to overcome. Achan said, I'll just take a little bit of gold, a little bit of, just a couple garments. It won't hurt nothing. We know the rest of that story. His whole family died. Noah, or rather not Noah, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they said, well, Moses, you take too much upon you. And 250 of their kins died, and then 14,000 of the people of Israel. One sinner, the Bible says, destroys much good. It all starts by, in case I'm getting you uh, concerned, I guess I'm trying to do that on purpose, but I go fishing. I don't want to drop out of the house of God. I don't want to, I don't want to quit serving God. This is just, I just, man, I'm really bearing my soul today in a big way, maybe more than I should in regards to certain things. Sunday nights across America and churches across America, they don't work like they used to work. That's just a fact. And some people have decided that they're not worth having. Okay, I'm not going to throw stones. Maybe, maybe you're right, I know we're busy and I understand, but I just, I, I don't think the solution is less God or less church. We affect others. We make decisions and other people, John made a decision and other people followed along. Be careful of your decisions. I'm going to go on vacation for the summer. Man, I'm just really, this, uh, we're getting into football season. I like college football. I'm going to watch my Ohio State Buckeyes this year. I've been, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in football mode. I'm not too big NFL. I haven't been in NFL since the kneelers, you know what I'm saying. But we have people, we have men in particular in our churches. They're cut out of church comes, comes football season. for Now football season, if you check it out, lasts for about 26 weeks, half the year. Four preseasons, three preseasons, 16-game scheduled playoffs, about 24 weeks or something like that. You're laying out of church for 24 weeks because football's on. I'm watching NFL, another version of I'm going fishing. It's just, and you affect others. I'm going to watch NFL too. I said the drive-thru late this morning, 5.30 at the drive-thru, shim tattling. I've been tattling all day long. And uh, I'm working on John, I call him. I visited with him for 10 seconds, and you know, I've been inviting John for church for like 10 years, and he hasn't come. And uh, he says, I got two, two, I got season, he's got six tickets to the Patriots game, and our uh, Patriots season, rather. You know, he's telling me he's going to the Dallas game, he's going to the Pittsburgh game, and this is all this morning. And his whole life is football. Peter's life was fishing. But then he met the Savior, and he, and he went back to fishing. Think about that. Man, I got two minutes here. I told you I want to be done here. Let me, let me try to wrap this up here. How, quick, how quickly I got, I'm on point six, and I skipped in a couple here, but how quickly, quickly a once hot-hearted Christian can grow lukewarm. Remember when Peter and rather Peter in chapter twenty one later on, Jesus said, "Simon, by the by the fire, do you love me? Do you copy me?" Peter says, "Lord, you know that I phileo you." Peter, you you, you copy me? 
Lord, you know that I phileo you. Two different words in our English language, of course, it shows up that it's love both times. There's a God love, the agape love, and the Philadelphia love, as we call it, the brotherly love. Peter couldn't say the same word that Jesus said. He said, Lord, you know I, I love you. I like you a lot. I'm very fond of you. But Jesus didn't ask Peter if he was fond of him. He said, do you love me? Do we love him tonight or have we left our first love? It's hard to keep a hot heart for God. I'm gonna, I'm, the, ship is, the plane is coming down on the tarmac here. We're going to wrap this up here fast. It's hard to keep a, a hot heart for God. Salvation is by grace alone. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't too big a strong amen. It's like, preacher, we hear that every, you know, us people are saved by grace. We hear that all the time. We get so used to it. Hey, we're not going to hell. <laughs> Jesus is coming again. <laughs> now, see, I prepped you. I primed you. Private pub. I can hear messages on Jesus coming again and I'm not going to hell and salvation is by grace. And I've heard it so many thousands of times, Brother McGee, that I can sit there and that's nice. I've heard it so many times. And you know what? I'm not sure. Sometimes I think we misunderstand what a hot heart for God is. Sometimes we just get tired. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, we, we exchange emotionalism again for obedience and so forth. And another time, another thought. Oh, boy. Uh, let me... Uh, how quickly we lose sight of walking by faith when we revert back to walking by the flesh. Peter said... I go fishing. What were they going to run out of fish? Those that turned five loaves of uh, five, five, five fishes and two loaves. Is that how, how to go? Help me out. Five loaves and two fishes, I guess it is. And they fed 5,000 and then they fed 4,000. They're running out of fish. We better go fishing. <laughs> Basically, how we could trust God, you know. And <laughs> I mean, it was so sad to be funny. And we said, well, we're running out. The provision of God's over with. Hey, I just. Uh, We've lost some members of our church lately. Brewers are going. They're gone. Hearts, we love you to death. Gone. Karen, gone. I mean, I just start, start going through a list. I don't want to miss the several people. Just, they're gone. Offerings are starting to trickle downwards. What are we going to do? Well, who's been taking care of us for the last 34 years? Us or God? <laughs> God's taking care of us all these years. What, do we think we're going to start relying on our own manna? Oh, what are we going to do now? And I know there's a human aspect to that and so forth. We've got deacons, trustees, and so forth. We have to touch on some of these issues from time to time. The water heater went out. It was 2600 bucks, like on top of the well that went out earlier this year for $12,000 with a septic system. You know, it's like, pardon me, it's just, oh, what are we going to do? Let's go fishing. This, this depend on the flesh. No. Lastly, I got in on a high note here. I'm two minutes over, well, four minutes over here. Go, go to, quit slowing me down. It's your fault. John 21, verse number 19, for time's sake. 
Jesus makes the, 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 the fire on the seashore. They're out there fishing. You know the story. They catch 156 fish. They've, Peter swims to shore. They're, out there. They're eating breakfast now. Jesus says three times, do you love me? And then, then um, John, Peter asks about John and what about him. Jesus basically says to him, mind your own business. And then he says in verse number 19, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And speaking to, to Peter, we believe that Peter was crucified upside down for a savior. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Here's the punchline of the, Peter said, I go fishing. Jesus graciously, in verse 14, it touches, references that he, this is the third time Jesus came to them. Aren't you glad that God's the God of the second chance, the third chance, the 30th chance, the 50th chance, the 490th chance, 491, no more after that, but no, I'm, I'm teasing you. No, he's the God of the second chance. He says again, Peter, you said follow me, or I go fishing, but come on back. Follow me. My prayer in the days and months ahead, one of my prayers, is that some people that decided to go fishing in all the variant forms. Jesus was gracious to Peter and to those six. He could have said, forget you guys. I just raised from the dead for you. I just gave you the Holy Spirit of God and, and you're going you're gonna to walk 90 miles and go fishing on me? Have a good life. No, he said, here, come on, boys. Let's eat together. Let's fellowship together. Remember the love we had for each other? Hey, follow me once again. Follow me. Though no one join me still, I will follow. Maybe we need to consecrate our lives to the Lord, and, and we'll sing that song here in just a moment here. Uh, uh, I think it's page 10 in the hymn book, Sherry. You can make your way to the piano if you would, please. Let's, let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm very humbled tonight. Lord, there's a lot of people in this room that love you. I want to thank everybody loves you. Lord, there's a lot of people that are not here tonight that love you within our church body. Lord, there's a lot of people I would like to start praying for specifically by name, but I won't go into that. Just a general prayer of blessing. Help us to serve you. Lord, when we say, I go fishing in our variant forms, thank you that you come and you provide you light a fire, you feed us, and you lovingly woo us back to you. Or pray for some Christians that are wayward right now that are decided to go fishing in our church. Lord, not in our church, but Lord, in churches all across America and for that matter around the world. I guess we believe that we live in a late same age. I guess it's true. Lord comes, will he find faith on the earth, Jesus, you said. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And you had something against the church of Ephesus in that they left their first love. Lord, help us not to confuse emotionalism in a great song service, although we love our great song services, with duty and service to you. Help us to be found faithful, even when we don't feel like being faithful. Bless your servants in a wonderful way tonight, I pray. Help us to serve you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Is it page 10? Did I get the right page number?